Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Class 1A Podcast. My name is Andrew Nimsgren, and this week I'm along with Dylan Beal. Last two weeks it's been just me and James, and now it's just me and Dylan. No one wants to be all together anymore, so we're just going to continue doing D-Gen Duo from here on out. No more three-man episodes, right Dylan? You and James hate each other. Yeah, I mean, like, behind the scenes, it's like a whole feud thing. Like, it's in our contract. We just just can't be in the same room at the same time. Um, The last episode that James and I were on was just too spicy, and we had to end things, so. Yeah, and I don't want to deal with all of them together anymore. So, no, just three, (laughs) two, man. No, James had his own conflicts, but super excited to have Dylan back to talk about an amazing episode. But we are getting towards the end of the season as well, which is always sad to think about. But before we do dive into everything that happened in this chapter, if you guys do enjoy this video or look for more My Hero Academia content, make sure to go over to youtube.com slash class1apod to find all of our other YouTube content, which includes manga recaps, which include lore videos, theory videos, and so much more. Or if you want to listen to this recap on the go, you can find it on all podcasting platforms across the world. Just type in class1a podcast and it will pop up on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you listen. You can listen to this on the go, including our Vigilante manga recaps as well. But Dylan, unless you have anything to say, I think we jump right into the Season 5, Episode 23 recap, which was titled Tenko Shimura Origin. Let's do it. The episode starts off with the OG Twice and his boys trying to save Toga, where they've created a copy of her so that they can give a blood transfusion to hopefully save her, which I want to talk about. But after that, we have the opening credits, and then it instantly goes over to Spinner, who's going after Trumpet, trying to make Shigaraki's life easier, obviously. And pretty much Trumpet just calls him a loser and someone that is incapable of doing anything. And a whole group of Middle Liberation Army pretty much just do the JoJo meme where they're all just beating him up together. Spinner just has absolutely no chance. But towards the end of this kind of scene, it looks like Spinner's about to have a quirk upgrade, but instead it just turns out that he's just restating his loyalty and desire to follow Shigaraki and then just goes back to being on the ground not doing anything. So instead, we move over to where Shigaraki had just destroyed the giant tower in the middle of Daika. Shigaraki and Reed Destro are facing off for the very first time. We learn more about Reed Destro's quirk, which is stress. Pretty much, it allows him to store up all of his stress and then release it into power, pretty much, making him much larger and stronger in the situation, but even able to do, like, Charangon-like bombs. I don't even know. It's a really cool quirk. Seems right off the bat that Reed Destro is so much stronger than Shigaraki as he pretty much grabs both Shigaraki's arms and starts crushing them. But as he's kind of being crushed, Shigaraki starts having more and more of his memories starting to come back to him, saying names of what we're assuming family members as he's looking at different hands, different family member names are coming back to him. Um, Shigaraki does get away, and Reed Destro is starting to realize that Shigaraki may have had a quirk awakening because he's still able to kind of use his quirk even though all five fingers weren't touching him, and they call this a quirk awakening. But he's also seen that Shigaraki is actually much stronger too from his training on the brink of death that he said that if he was this strong way back in the incident when All Might and One for All fought, that he probably would have been able to take down one or two pro heroes. Just kind of showing how much stronger Shigaraki is. Um, Reed Destro sees how much stronger he is, so he does go up to 80% stress and then throws one of those Sharingans against Shigaraki. Um, During all this, Shigaraki is kind of having internal monologue, starting to remember more and more people from his childhood. And at the same time, Skeptic calls Reed Destro, warning him that Mount Machio's arrived and that they had no idea that he was coming or even what this was. Um, from pretty much from here on out, the rest of the chapter is just the origin story of Shigaraki. Or I guess I should really say Tentacle Shimura because that is what his name originally was when he was a kid. And this is pretty much the whole backstory of his quirk. So pretty much his father never allowed him to talk about heroes at all, even though he always really wanted to be one. And eventually 
he ended up kind of beating him so badly because we find out that Shigaraki's grandmother, which we've already kind of known, is Nana Shimura. And that his father has been scarred pretty much from her leaving him at a very young age to go and be a hero. His father never really thought much of heroes and obviously never wanted his children to be one. So during that night when after Shigaraki had been beaten and was kind of recovering, he's out in the backyard crying and just kind of talking to his dog when all of a sudden his anger started to bubble up and that released his quirk, which ended up actually disintegrating his dog. And then when his little sister came out to apologize and check in on him, he actually disintegrated her at that moment as well. Um, his mother and grandparents come out and Shigaraki actually kind of talks about this moment because he's unsure if he meant to kill them or not. But in the end, all three of them end up dying. Finally, his father did come out and he said that that was the first moment that he felt the urge to kill. And he did so by jumping at his father, shoving it in the ground, yelling, die, and just absolutely disintegrating him and the rest of his family house that he despised so, so much. And that is probably the turning point of when he went from Tenko to the Shigaraki that we know now and a phenomenal way to end the chapter because next week, I mean the episode, because next week we kind of see the introduction of one for all into his life and the continuation of the Redestro fight. So what a chapter. I'm mean, one episode. I keep saying chapter. My bad. Yeah, it's it was just so incredible to see. I mean, like, I it, the thing I like about like my villain academia is that we get to see some of the origins of these characters that like at this point we're already attached to. I mean, like we love them, we hate them, but we love them at the same time because they're such great characters. And this is just giving them that like extra depth, and it's just incredible to see. I love it so much. I mean, we've wanted the Shigaraki backstory for ages now. I mean, we've known, we've kind of got little hints here and there that like. There's some relation between him and Nana Samura, which is obviously All Might's mentor. But outside of that, we knew nothing about him besides that he was this pretty much emo gamer boy that wanted to take down All Might. That's all we really knew up to this point. Now seeing his backstory, seeing how much stronger he was in this episode in the fight against Redestro. And next week, I'm sure we'll see that just as much as well. But the Shigaraki moment has been awesome. But like you said, giving everyone in the league either more backstory or just a moment to shine has been so much fun to watch and i guess really the first place to kind of start off with is obviously last week was twice's kind of week which was sad man's parade but i think almost the bigger moment here is apparently he can use his clones to do blood transfusions which could obviously make the league of villain a lot of money but i just don't know how this all works like do you really believe this is a thing yeah so i was thinking about it because we were talking about it before the the episode on like why, why, like, anytime they take damage, they basically disintegrate into that mud stuff. And so you never see them bleed, because whenever you bleed, you hit something really hard to make it bleed, right? Normally. But, like, what's, like, the easiest way to take blood and the least impactful? Is take a syringe. It's not that much damage. Yes, but I'm, like, last week in Sad Man's Parade, like, you can't tell me that, like, when uh, Garen, the ice guy, was just shooting those big walls of ice, like, some of them didn't get pierced, like, it just felt weird to me that we have not seen even a drop of blood from any of the Twice clones yet. And now all of a sudden, I don't know if that was just kind of a hope that maybe Twice, like, hey, I have no idea what else to do. Let's give it a try because he obviously doesn't use his clones that often because up to this point, he felt unstable using them. So maybe that's the reason why he didn't really use them very often. But I mean, how could the League of Villains be poor if they could just make as much blood as they want? Like, let's be honest, that just doesn't make sense. So okay, I think okay, this is listen. a last-ditch effort. Okay, listen, first of all, that's one of those, like, plot hole things that you just, you got to not <laughs> think about because, like, some quirks, you go, wait a second. Momo could be rich 
if she, she just kept though. making gold. Well, yeah, she could. But she could be <laughs> even richer. She could destroy the economy if she wanted to, just making gold all the time. Yeah. Um, but that, that that's like the things that we just gotta we just gotta throw out of our minds and pretend don't exist. That's true. But it's I mean, yeah, I really think this was just Twice's last ditch effort. Kind of yeah. saying that like, hey, Toga needs a blood transfusion, she's gonna live, so she's not coming back. Twice is more worried about that, and his clones are kind of doing whatever they're doing. So I think that was just pretty much a way of saying like, hey, Twice is going to take Toga and they're done with this battle. Like, we're not going to see them anymore. I think is pretty much what that was. And I think that makes sense. They both had their big spot-like episodes. They both were in very rough shape, either leading up to that moment or after that moment. So I think that made complete sense. And just kind of wrapping it up, saying like, hey, they're not going to come to the rescue again. Which is fine by me. I mean, I'm more than happy seeing Shigaraki getting his moments, obviously. And I think Dobby's still going to have a really big moment as well, because that fight still isn't concluded. What about Mr. Compress? Or I he, think... he's he's just been hanging out like even like we're we're even getting a little bit from like Spinner on like Spinner talking be like hey like here's 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 stuff that's going on and then Mr. Compress is just kind of it, it vaguely in the background. Me and James have said this two weeks in a row. If, he, if neither one of them ever got a moment, we would have no issues with this. Like, can you tell? Like, have you ever met anyone that said like, hey, Mr. Compress is my favorite League of Villains member? Or, okay, hey, okay, listen, Spinner listen. is he my might... favorite. Like, no one gives a shit about these two. They might not be people's favorites, but like, just give them something. I don't, no. He's he's a cool magician. So, give him something. Let, let, let's say something. So Spinner and Mister Compress are pretty much on the same level. Are we agreeing to that? Yes. Yeah. Like they're they're the tier two characters. Everyone okay. else is tier one. In and in Trumpet those. just called in this episode Spinner someone that is incapable of doing anything. So by the transitive property, Mister Compress also cannot do anything, and that. I mean, even Spinner admitted that, like, yeah, I know I can't do anything. So they're not going to have any big quirk awakenings. They're not going to have any moments. They're literally there because if they weren't there, people would be asking questions why. And I think that's actually kind of a point I want to talk about with Spinner is, like, oh, he's getting beat up. He's getting the whole crowd beaten up on him. He's going to have some crazy moment where he levels up from a gecko to a lizard. I don't know. But nope. Instead, they do a moment that just doesn't pay off at all. By like reinforcing, it. <laughs> it's not on, even that up. funny. Wait, hold up. What what is it? Are, are you saying the the transition is you start as a gecko and you level up to a lizard? That's the that's the line. Yeah, you could have been like, oh, a gecko to like a big komodo dragon or something, but no, gecko to lizard. Well, I mean that's how small. I mean that's how little I think of Spinner right now. That he's like four evolutions away from a komodo dragon. Are you kidding me? Um, but I think like in the manga, one big thing that a lot of people kind of talked about all the time was like. Spinner kept like saying like he was doubting Shigaraki's kind of intentions. Like, hey, like, are we really still after the same goal and all that? And then eventually this moment happened and it was felt like a really big payoff. Like, nope, Spinner has kind of gone through that and now supporting Shigaraki again. But in the anime, it was like one line to Toga like three episodes ago and then this big moment. So that didn't feel like a very big moment for Spinner. But I think that also goes back to the point that no one really cares about Spinner. So spending a lot of time kind of building that out of like him having doubts and then him turning back around is a great kind of B plot for the manga, but in the anime when every second counts, it makes sense for it not to be a great payoff. But that moment just did not hit for me at all. And if it wasn't in this episode, I would have been fine with that. Yeah. And I mean, the important thing to remember about Spinner is like Spinner is like the, the, the embodiment form of like what the league was of when they were like, Oh, Hey, we're here with stain. Like we're following stains ideals. And, and people flooded to the league for Stain because they liked his ideals because it sparked a lot of like 
uh, like this uprise in people. And Spinner is like the embodiment of that. Is like that those kinds of feelings and society feeling that way is just in this character. I and, and yeah, we we missed out on a lot of that because we're at the point now that you know we're past Stain, we're past like the next like two you know the two team ups uh, with the League of Villains. We're past all of those, and then Spinner's just like, where are we at? Like, what are we even doing at this point? And we are missing a lot of that of him just like not knowing because we're so far removed from Stain at this point. It's like, what do we do? But like the thing that was supposed to hit that, like, I think that not only just you, but like a lot of other people are are, are missing here is that like, there's something about Shigaraki that's like inspiring. Like, like he, he, he doesn't have these like grand visions of like what the world could be, but there's something about him. All he wants to do is destroy things, but something about that is like lighting the spark into people. I yeah. think, I think that's the important bit here. He doesn't want to destroy everything to rebuild a better world. Like we've seen like in nine and all that kind of stuff, like building a quirk power world. Like, no, he just wants to take everything down because he's a pissed off teenager. And there's something appreciated about that. Like when you just know what you want, people will follow you. If you are passionate enough about something, you can probably get people to follow you on anything. And that's how cults are formed. But I think, yeah, going from one leader, Shigaraki over to Redestro. I like Redestro. I think he's a cool yep. character. I think he he's kind of a mix of like a fancy businessman and kind of an edgelord, which I kind of like the vibe he gets, but he's also self-aware. Like he made a forehead joke during the episode in the <laughs> middle of a fight against Shigaraki. Like I like his energy. I mean, I think there's a very good reasoning of why he's built up a huge army as well. And his quirk is ridiculous. Yeah. I really like his quirk because it, it would be very easy to be like, Oh yeah, he builds up stress and then he like literally like he hulks out, right? Yeah. Like I think I think that's the obvious line for this, but I really like how he's like still like cool and calculated and he's just using all like that anger or whatever in like an out like he's he's putting it in an outlet, but he's still like on the surface remaining remaining like completely level. Uh, I really like that. I thought that was like a interesting approach and it still made him feel like his character before, like standing in the tower like looking over everything just being calm, cool, collected, and like kind of organizing everything. He felt the same exact way, but just in this super powerful form. Yeah. But I felt like, I guess, I don't know if it's for sure, but it seemed like when he went to that 80%, he stopped talking as much. I think as he lets out more stress, he does get more hulking out. So, I mean, like with Hulk, it's always A or B. I think with him, he had that base form, then he went up to 80% and all that kind of stuff. So I do think that as you get close to 100%, he probably will hulk out which is probably what he'll have to do if he does fight Machia next week because I don't know what else is going to fight him at this point. Um, but yeah, I think the quirk is super cool. I do, like you said, he's still cool and calculated because if it was just a power user versus like just a super powerful villain versus Shigaraki, that's not as interesting, but someone that's cool and calculated like Shigaraki with power is so much fun. And the fact that he isn't just a Hulk, he does have the Sharingan like thing, the uh, what did he burden? Uh, burden like where he where he takes he literally manifests his burden and sh stress into a, a energy thing and throws it that's yeah. that was really cool. that was really cool but also seeing how shigaraki is so much stronger now too like two seasons ago pretty much the last time we saw shigaraki fight he would have gotten his ass beat here but no he's standing up very well he's taking these hits pretty easily and still getting a little bit of scratches and i mean obviously we haven't seen him do much but i'm assuming that now that he's had his memory reawakening He'll probably just lose it and go very hard next week, which will be awesome to see. 
Yeah. Okay. So I, uh, yeah, my, my, my hero like trivia is like very low. So I forget this character's name, the character with all the muscles that was at the camp. Muscular. Mu- muscular. Yeah. So muscular versus Redestro. Who's taking it? Redestro. You think so? Yeah. I mean, there, I mean, there's so many what ifs like does like, is he just going to never be able to get as strong? Like, has he been building up stress for years and now, this is like his ultimate form. Because like, I think maybe on like an any given day, Redestro might win. But like in this fight, I think Redestro would win because he's probably been building up a stress of watching half his army get destroyed. But like if you just walked up to him tomorrow and on a normal day, I think Muscular would win because on any day, Muscular is like a given while Redestro is a scam. Okay. I think it'd be a cool fight though. Yeah. But I like it. I guess the last big thing we need to talk about, we're waiting until the end of this episode, because that's happened in the second half of the actual anime episode, is Kid Shigaraki. The origin story, the Nana Shimura kind of reveal and kind of seeing exactly how that is, the quirk origin. All very, very cool moments. All beautifully animated. And I like how they kind of explain away a lot of things, like he itches so much because he had allergies and all that kind of stuff. But um, what did you just think of that whole 15 minutes of just backstory? I, I it's like tragically beautiful yeah. um and i think it makes sense right i mean you have a kid that is like quirk ability is decay you're good like your your initial like introduction to having the quirk is going to be tragic in some form and i love how they took that and they were like let's crank the tragedy up to 11 as much as we can let's make his father terrible let's like let's make him like kill his entire family like they just kept ramping it up and it's like it's 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 just incredible how it all like unfolds like in a yeah. very tragic way. And again, they do what my hero does so well. They make you care or kind of get invested in the characters so quick. The first eight minutes, of the backstory really had nothing to do except just slightly making you care about the characters enough so that when he turns and kills them, obviously the dog is on accident. That's incredibly sad. Everyone's never gonna like to see a dog die. The sister also being an accident, him just freaking out, thinking a villain's attacking. But then when he starts talking about the, his mother and grandparents death of like where he internally doesn't remember that if he meant to kill them or if it was still an accident or what was going on in his head like that turning point to seeing the look in his eyes when he wanted to kill his father like all that for two minutes of action kind of there at the end doesn't mean anything if you don't spend those eight minutes that my hero does with every single very good moment of building up the tension making you care a little bit more I mean, that's why All Might and All for One talked for like eight minutes before they actually fought in the Camino arc because they made you just want to get a little bit more invested in what was happening. And that made this moment 10 times better. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that Horikoshi does is he does the work for these moments. Like every moment like this, he tries to do the work for it and set it up in some way. Even like you said, even if it's just that like, let's just take the beginning of like the episode and just like make that the setup there. Like even that little bit goes such a long way. Yeah, I mean, they did with twice last week, too. I know we didn't get to talk about it much, but they just spent four or five minutes kind of getting a little bit more backstory to twice, kind of explaining his emotions a little bit. That made Sad Man's Parade even better. We all love twice already, but y'all do have to spend a couple moments just kind of explaining one thing that's going to make you feel just a little bit more connected to a character and then just do a big reveal. It works every time, and I think Horikoshi does it better than everyone, and I loved everything about the backstory. I'm excited to see more about next week's Obviously, the introduction of All for One into his life, kind of seeing what that relationship was like, because obviously Shigaraki admires him greatly, but he can't imagine it was a great relationship. 
So kind of seeing what that is and the continuation of Reed Astro next week, I think it's just going to continue to be another great episode. I think it's going to be four amazing episodes in a row. And I think episode 25 and 26 are going to be bringing everything together. Because obviously we've seen some point in the season that the League of Villains and the, the army are kind of working together. I mean, we saw them all at the same table with Hawks in there. So those two episodes are going to try to pretty much get us back to that moment and setting up for whatever happens next season, which I'm yeah. very excited for. Yeah, it's just going to be a good, like, coming together moment, I think, at that point. And, like, the thing to expect is, like, when that happens, they're going to drop the, like, the teaser for the next season. They always do this at the last episode. They're always like, here's the thing. Here's the setup. Enjoy this for the next year while you're waiting for it. Well, we've already got a little bit of teaser. I mean, we know there are 400,000 and that they're being mobilized soon. Like, that's been told to Endeavor. So that's already the first teaser, and I'm sure we'll get an even bigger teaser at the end of the season as well. So yeah. anything else you want to talk about with this episode before we move into plus ultra? Um, no, I mean, I, I think, I don't know. I, I just like want to just like underscore, just like how awesome this is. I really love it. And like, normally on, on the surface, if you're like, Hey, by the way, there's like a, a little arc of where it's the villains and they just jam a bunch of flashback origin stories in there. I, I like on the surface, I'd be totally turned off, but like, there's something about the show and like how they laid out of where it's like, oh no, this works. It just works really well. Yeah. So many people were worried about the um, my hero, my villain academia arc, but it's been fantastic so far. And I cannot wait to see more of it. But before we wrap up this episode, we have one last big thing to do. And that is awarding the plus ultra award because each and every episode, each host will pick a character that went beyond that win plus ultra. And at the end of the season, we'll tally up to see who win most plus ultra this season. And Dylan, we were on an Four episode streak of all agreeing on the plus ultra, which is unprecedented on this podcast. Yeah. Will we continue I, with this week? Okay, so that's the problem with like oh, no. episodes centered around certain characters. Oh, yeah. Is you have to, right? You yeah. have to pick those characters. Um, but I bring in the logic, the reason, oh, the fuck justifications. You. No, 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 no. So it is Shigaraki. Oh, but but the reason why it's not like, oh, he got his, his own episode ever, and it's so cool. Um, it's, it's like his, his quirk, his quirk, like leveling up right now, I, I think is like something like pretty impressive. Like whenever he's fighting against Redestro, if you told me his quirk was super speed, I go, oh yeah, that makes sense. Cause he's dashing around and stuff, but no, it's like his survival instincts. He's actually leveling up here. And like, whenever he's like grabbing onto him, he's not using all five fingers. Like they, they called out, it's like only one finger. So clearly like there, there, there's something with his quirk that's really leveling up. And we saw two episodes. I think it was two episodes ago of him just like wiping out all those people at once. Uh, he's he's getting stronger and it's actually working. It's not like he's just fighting against Machia for no reason. And he's bringing Machia in. He he actually is the gamer mastermind right now. And well, he's scary. He's getting scary. That was the doctor sending him in because they're afraid that Shigaraki was going to fail. So I'm not going to give him credit for that. Obviously, Shigaraki's still it, but that was kind of that was part of his plan, but Imagine no, if he no, showed no, up no, an it's hour just early. from now. The doctor just released him early. Why? No, but an hour from fighting, like Machu would not have shown up in an hour from now. Like this fight is going to be over within the next 10 minutes, not an hour from now. So it wouldn't have worked out in she their favor. He could have taken him. He could have taken him. Well, I mean, it's still not over yet. So uh, I, yeah, Shigaraki, of course, obviously in the backstory, the origin of his quirk and seeing where he kind of had that turning point. Fantastic. But obviously, like we've talked about during the episode, is seeing that like, yeah, He's at the scale of being able to take out multiple pro heroes at once. I mean, that is not where he was the last time we saw him. Now we've finally seen him in action outside of the little clips here and there. Shigaraki's a different character. 
and he's finally becoming the main protagonist that we need to go against Deku because up till this moment, I never would have thought he really had a chance, but it looks like he's actually going to be um, a real villain in the series, which I'm very excited to see as always. But with that, unless there's anything else, I think we're going to wrap up the episode there, Dylan. Yeah, I mean, we need an episode that's not an origin story so we can break this cycle. Uh, I miss I miss yelling at you or, or James about how you have terrible picks. Um, so we 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 need to we need to diverge the timeline at this. We point. We got three episodes left. We'll find. We'll don't worry. I'm sure we'll argue plenty yeah. over the next three episodes. But thank you all so much for listening or watching on YouTube if you are doing so. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we are. We'll be back next week for episode 24, season five, which will be the shigaraki origin story so i hope you guys all tune in next week as well and see you all next saturday